I have been charged with charging you, the congregation, on how to respond to these new uh, ruling elders and deacons. And so I take my inspiration from the Apostle Paul. <clears throat> Paul, as you know, planted many churches, and as a result, he uh, mentored many many men, many ruling elders, and many leaders of the church. And so, thankfully, due to God's providence and the writing of, of Paul in the New Testament, we have good examples of the church and church leadership and what it means to be the church. And I note in particular in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians that Paul, who planted that church, and realized he, he had only a brief time to plant it. He had about a few months to plant that church before he was essentially run out of town by the Jewish leaders who were jealous of what he was doing. And so he writes the Thessalonians from uh, probably the city of Corinth. And he's very aware that Christ might come at any moment. We see at the end of the fourth chapter and the beginning of the fifth chapter that he's talking about the day of the Lord. And he writes the Thessalonians that when the Lord returns, first the dead in Christ will rise and join him in the sky, and then those who are alive in Christ will join him as well. Paul was expecting Christ to return at any moment. He wrote that letter in A.D. 50. That's 1,972 years ago and Christ has yet to return. He has his own reasons for tarrying. Now, he could return before the end of this, this uh, worship service tonight, or he could w return and wait another 1,900 or so years. We don't know. That's in his sovereign control. But he hasn't left us alone. He's given us his Holy Spirit, and he's given us the church his body, the body of Christ. And as part of that, he's given us ruling elders and deacons to lead us, to guide us, to pray for us, to care for us, to love us and to nurture us. And as we live in this time that is often called, referred to as the now and the not yet, that period of time between Christ's first coming and his second coming, we are charged to live as befits believers. Tim talked about Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, also written by Paul, a great outline for how to live as the church. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 give a list, list upon list, of what we're to do, how we're to relate to each other and to our leaders. And so he hasn't left us alone. He has given us... Uh, the church and his and given us leaders to lead the church and Tim asked me he, he texted me uh, several days ago and asked me would I be willing to uh, charge the congregation I texted him right back I said sure absolutely I'll be glad to do that and then he didn't even respond and I responded almost immediately and said and by the way what, what do you want me to say what points do you want me to make and he probably should have texted me back and said, never mind, I'll find somebody else. But he didn't. 
And what he, what he texted me back was this. He said, you need to tell them to pray for these men, to encourage these men, to help these men, and to follow these men. And I would add to that what you just raised your hand and promised to do, and I wrote it down out of the Book of Church Order. You promised to yield to these men that honor, encouragement, and obedience in the Lord to which their office entitles them. So I just want to take those in, in three groups quickly, and I realize we all are just eager for me to sit down and get, get the fellowshipping, but encouraging and helping. Now, those of you who bake, you might say, oh, I could bake these men some cookies at their meetings, their session meeting or the diaconate meeting. And let me just suggest if you take that up, uh, white chocolate macadamia nut along with maybe a 50% mix of uh, original Toll House chocolate chip cookies would be outstanding because I know these young men, as loving and caring as they are, will be glad to share with their older perhaps wiser and certainly triglyceride-challenged brothers and fathers in Christ. But in all seriousness, well, I am serious about cookies, that's, that's for sure, but 18 months ago, I, along with Clint and Ben, were preparing to go to the General Assembly, the 2021 General Assembly. And if you may recall that leading up to that, the 18 months or so before that, we were hearing weird, strange new things that we hadn't heard, I don't think, at least I hadn't, in, in our denomination. We were learning about a Revoice conference. We were learning about side B Christianity and, and a gay Christian. What, what is that? The PCA had existed for nearly 50 years and had come out of a liberal denomination because of its uh, desire to be Uh, true to the word of God and here we were on the the brink of 50 years of of us as a denomination and suddenly progressivism and liberalism were rearing their ugly head as it were we learned that there were there was at least one maybe more teaching elder in the denomination who considered himself to be a gay Christian and was felt that he was in good standing with the, the denomination and the session and the Presbytery weren't doing anything about it. And so we were going to vote for some overtures to change the book of church order so that men from then on and even those who had already occupied the office would be held to account that they might stand for what is true in God's word. And I I share this to say that I had a conversation, here's the encouraging part, I had a conversation with a member of this congregation who shared with me that one of their, a member of their immediate family was gay and they found out about this several years ago and it was a difficult situation for them to reconcile, to work through. Uh, And it took months and years to work through this issue and they were perhaps still trying to resolve it in their minds. But the point is this, that person wanted me to know that I should go and I needed to vote for these overtures and that it was important that our denomination stand for what is true and right and orthodox in terms of God's word 
And regardless of what the culture would dictate, and regardless of what this person's immediate family member, the, the uh, condition that they found themselves, we needed to be true and faithful to God's word. And that was an encouragement to me because I realized in that moment what a privilege it was to lead and minister to people who understand the word of God. And I know you do. And so I encourage you and exhort you to take advantage of what we call the ordinary means of grace, to pray, pray without ceasing. But study your, study your Bible, continue to improve upon your salvation, continue to become more and more Christ-like by turning to the Word of God and studying what it means to become Christ-like. If you do that, you're going to make my life and the lives of these young new officers much more light and enjoyable. So that's encouraging and helping. Quickly, uh, honor, obey, follow, a lot of these things blend together, but Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in, the lo in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So Paul is here encouraging the church in Thessalonica to respect those who labor among them and to, to uh, respect and honor those who are laboring and working and are, have been put in place over them as these men have been placed over you. They have heeded the call of God. They have been examined and trained. You, by your vote, elected them as officers, and now they have been ordained and installed as officers, and we owe them the respect and honor that their office demands. And then... Paul says this also, and this is probably the most important thing. He says in verse 25, brothers, pray for us. We need to pray. We need to pray for ourselves, for our own sanctification, for our families, for our community, for our coworkers. We need to pray for our church. You need to pray for your elders and deacons. You need to pray especially for these new young uh, elders and deacons as well. It's our means of communicating to God, to asking him to ask for the, those things that he lays upon our hearts, that we should pray for these men and for our community, that God's uh, name and his kingdom would be glorified, and that we as a church are able to glorify him and enjoy him forever.